want you to think for a moment about the communities in your life. What are the various kinds of community that you're a part of? Family, neighbors, parish, workplace, lots of different ways you can define that term. But what I want you to think of now is the best community, the richest, most life-giving, most intimately connected, for which you have the greatest gratitude, which gives you the greatest sense of joy or anticipation. I want you to think of the very best community that you don't have. I want you to think about a community that you long for, maybe what you wish you could have in your family or with your friends or in your community or in your parish. What would the ideal look like? What could it be? Maybe there's something that you once had that was absolutely wonderful. And now you scratch your head and say, how did that ever go away? How did I lose that? The best community that you don't have. Have a nice day. Why am I leading you into this often poignant and painful exercise? Well, as you know, we've been walking through Lent here at St. Joe's and take away the stone, obviously coming out of today's very gospel. But we haven't just been doing that to say, well, let's think of these stones and how can we get rid of these stones and let's roll away these stones. There's a purpose for that. There's a direction that it's all supposed to be leading to. And that's to say that those stones don't only weigh us down individually, but they're toxic to any sort of community really taking root. And we're talking about community in the body of Christ, right? So not just kind of surface level stuff. You can get a crowd together pretty easily. That's not too hard to do if you just want to manipulate people. But a real authentic community as the body of Christ that's what these stones have a way of blocking or destroying. Just a little bit, we're going to celebrate the third scrutiny rite. For those of you who are 9 o'clock Mass regulars, you've seen this rite celebrated now two times, each time a little different. It's a great example of rolling away a stone for a purpose to begin to make that community grow for our elect, yes, but for all of us as we reflect on that process. And as I said, if you were there way at the start of Lent, in this reading with Lazarus, you get some very concrete examples of what these stones look like. One of them being regret. Lord, if only you'd been here. Maybe inviting Jesus to think about, gosh, why wasn't I there? What if I'd only been there? What could have happened? How might this have turned out so differently? Think about how regrets can poison community. Man, you see that in families a lot sometimes, but you see it outside of that as well. Why did you do this? Why weren't you there for me? How did you allow that to happen? And even if we offer forgiveness or apologies, those stones can remain because they're awfully heavy at times. Another one of these stones is doubt, right? You see that there. Can Jesus really do this? He opened the blind man's eyes, but how come he couldn't stop Lazarus from dying? Maybe he doesn't have it in him. Do I doubt his ability or do I doubt his intentions? He hung back for a few days before even coming. Maybe he's not the person I thought he was. And think of how doubt can poison community. Think of how it looks in the church 
You don't need me to give you examples. They're all over the place. Think of what it looks like in the workplace. Think of what it looks like in community. Think of what it can look like in our parish. I thought you were the person who could do this. I thought if we all tried hard enough, we could accomplish that. I thought I had it in me to face this old demon down and to reach out for help. And the last stone, and maybe one of the most powerful, is fear. Don't move the stone back. He's been in there for four days. He's going to stink. You're not going to like what you see. It's only going to lead up more grief, more pain, more suffering. You don't want to see him like that. And think of what a powerful motivator fear can be to community. Well, let's not try that. You don't know how it's going to turn out. We did that before. Look what happened. Maybe it'll be even worse this time. They did this. Mom and Dad tried that. Grandma and Grandpa tried that. My two brothers tried that. And look how it turned out. Or I tried this once before and I'm so afraid it might happen again. Or I'm afraid that old hurts or shames might come up. All different reasons that fear can hold us back. And so when Jesus comes into that scene, How does he take all those stones away? Well, don't think, well, because he's Jesus, he can do anything. Instead, he manifests his divinity in a very human way. And that is to say he stays there. He shows up and he stays there. In the face of regret, whatever it is that other people are thinking about him, he stays there and he stands in the breach. When people are maybe doubting, Why didn't you do something sooner? Are you really the one who can do this? He stays there and he allows himself to interact in the midst of all those other people who have doubts or maybe are trying to fill his heart with regrets. And in the face of fear, he stays there and he engages. He engages his father first in prayer. He engages everyone else around him. And at the end of the day, That's the reason for thinking about what are these stones and why should I bother to try and have them removed? Yes, through my own efforts, but also through the grace of God. And so just a little spiritual exercise as we move into this second to the last week of Lent. If by now you've named some of those stones for yourself, go back to my opening question. What's the community you long for? What's the community maybe you once had and would give anything to get back again. And then ask yourself, as I ask myself, what's getting in the way? Where are the blocks? And there's a bigger list than the three I gave, but man, that covers a lot of territory. Are there regrets that hold us back? Are there doubts that seem to rise insurmountable obstacles? And are there fears of what might be? And therefore, I'll just stick with what I have because at least that's safe enough. As we pray the prayers of the scrutiny rite, listen to the language and the words. The prayer of exorcism, simply asking that there might be hearts which are free. Hearts which are free enough not to be enslaved by regrets. Hearts that are free enough to blow away the clouds of doubt. And hearts that are free enough to stand in the face of fear. We don't do that because we're supermen and superwomen. We do that because in our own vulnerability, in our regrets, in our doubts, in our fears, which are all part of the human condition, we stand together as a body. 
will be praying for and with Amy. But I also invite us to open our own hearts to receive the strength of these prayers as well. The only reason you should bother to recognize a stone and the only reason you should ask for the courage to roll it away is if you really and deeply desire the community that can grow from it. I have no doubt we do desire that, but today we pray for the grace to actually seek it out.